0: You're listening to Last Word Soccer Club Radio, only here, LastWordOnSports.com.
1: What's up, Internet? Welcome to another episode of Last Word Soccer Club Radio. This is recorded on Wednesday, July 5th. Smack dab in the middle of the week. It is only the second time we have ever recorded that I have seen the light in Jamie Rook's, uh, room. But we have a really great show coming up for you. Um, we are talking everything uh, FIFA Women's World Cup today. This is our big preview show. Um, we we had a lot of topics, had to whittle them down a little bit to have a a respectable show time. But we have a lot of good stuff coming for you. But Um, I'm your host, Rachel Kruger, and I am not alone. As I said, we have Jamie Rook, who, again, there is sunlight in the world of uh, Jamie Rook's house today.
0: Yeah, I'm glad glad to be doing this at a a reasonable hour, and I'm excited Mm -hmm. to preview as we're going to do the Women's World Cup. I think it's going to be a very special tournament. A lot of good teams going into it, although there are some issues as we're going to talk about, I think going to be very exciting either way
1: yeah we definitely have a lot of really good really exciting but there's also the flip side of it with a lot of teams fighting with their Federation um but before we get into it I just want to say uh this show is sponsored by icarus FC roughneck scarves athletic greens and we are on last word on sports.com um and a shout out to the beautiful game Network for always being around and encouraging us um but we're going to pretty much jump right into it jamie because we have a lot of stuff to talk about today um so first and foremost we decided you know we're going to get the bat out of the way first um and we're going to talk about um there's a lot of national teams that are fighting with their federation um to give you a full list and this is just what we know spain nigeria canada south africa england Colombia, germany haiti and Jamaica. That's nine teams out of the 32 teams that are going to the FIFA Women's World Cup this summer. And then in addition to that, there are still broadcast issues going on with um Japan and also the Philippines. Um, so there's a lot to talk about here, right? Um, Jamaica, they had they recently a couple weeks ago had um a big letter uh tweeted on all of the reggae girls social media. Um, not gonna read the whole thing, but Uh, They had said, quote, on multiple occasions, we have sat down with the Federation to respectfully express concerns resulting from subpar planning, transportation, accommodations, training conditions, compensation, communication, nutrition, and accessibility to proper resources, end quote. So there's a lot uh, going on. And, And it's a broken record, right? We've heard it with Jamaica Um, multiple times. um, Bob Marley's daughter stepped in and pretty much funded the team to get them um, to help them qualify for the 2019 World Cup. And now they're still, you know, going at it with their federation. Uh, One of the latest uh, pieces of news, and this is crazy, like Jamie and I both had to gasp when reading this headline uh, for a minute is South Africa Women's World Cup team sits out game in pay dispute and in a stand-in game of pretty much just like replacement players um against Botswana a 13 year old was called in um to pretty much you know make up their backup team and then in Nigeria recently Randy Waldrum went on the um I want to make sure I get the proper name of it right uh sounding off on soccer podcast with um uh, a friend of mine, a colleague, a mentor of mine, John Krasinski of Pittsburgh Soccer Now, um, to to talk about. And a lot of you are probably thinking, well, why why Pittsburgh? I don't understand. Well, Randy coaches for the um, University of Pittsburgh women's soccer team, so he's very accessible to us here um, in Pittsburgh. Is well as being the Nigerian women's national team coach. Um, so he called out the Nigerian Federation um, for not paying players. Um, and then also cutting a domestic camp in Nigeria um, ahead of, uh, ahead of the FIFA women's world cup. So uh, Randy even said a, a couple days ago, he doesn't even know if he's going to be the coach going um, to the world cup. I hope for his sake that he is, I hope for the players that he is, Um, And then Jamie, there's a couple of things going on in Europe too, with uh, England saying they don't want to pay bonuses um, to the Lioness players. That same situation is going on in in, in Germany. Um, Canada's basically bankrupt. Um, Spain has been fighting with their federation for, for quite some time now, even to the point where, um, key players were, were benched recently, um, for speaking out, um, against the federation and I believe against the head coach too. um, Colombia and Haiti, they pretty much have the same story as Jamaica, um, fighting with their federation over resources, lack of pay, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Jamie, what do you think about all this going into, um, the the biggest tournament of the of really every four years for um to put the the women's game on the global map what do you think of all this coming out right beforehand
0: I think mean, yeah it's just generally such a shame that what should be like a celebration of the sport and the ability for these players to showcase themselves on like a national stage or global stage even is like being overshadowed by such issues and like it shows how deep it goes when it is like the so-called major nations like England and Spain and Germany and even Canada, who are some of the the best teams in the world, when they're involved in such disputes, where when it comes to money, um, from the English point of view, yeah, the FA seem to just they the the way FIFA do it is every country does get a small amount of money, but other nations are then paying the players extra on top, but the FA refusing to do that as is as is the German equivalent So yeah, it's as I said, it's just it's such a shame. It's gets the tournament off on the wrong foot when you want to be focused on the action on the field. It's all about instead what's happening off the field, which we never know could could it well end up affecting what does happen on the field, could end up affecting various countries and how they perform because yeah, it got it looked to a point where like Jamaica may not even be able to compete because it was getting so serious. So yeah, you just hope that it doesn't It doesn't overshadow from the actual football, which is what obviously everyone's there to watch and there to celebrate.
1: Yeah, it almost makes you want to root for these teams even harder too. I mean, um, you know, we're going to talk about it later, but just a PSA for everyone. Um, I'm pretty much the biggest Haiti believer right now, and it makes me just want to root for them even more um, to basically shove it in their Federation's face and say, yeah, look how good we are, and we could even be better if you – if you funded us and and helped us train properly um Jamaica's the same way you know i i really can only speak from the concacaf standpoint because those are the teams i i have a closer eye on but i mean like you said Jamie like spain canada um england i mean england won the euro canada won the um the olympic medal spain's just been on a tear beating everybody and um you know lots of high hopes for them at the world cup it's it's crazy how it just is it's all across the board it's not just you know the quote-unquote little guys um but then you know too jamie we were talking before we hit the record button about the um the controversy surrounding the one love armband too they they aren't allowed to wear them fifa approved um, eight armbands there is a rainbow one that says like inclusion for all or something like that um, but it's not the same as the one love armband and listen there's no excuse for for why it can't be worn there wasn't an excuse um, last year at the at the men's world cup but I think I think it's fair to say that it it's a little bit more like unreasonable for Australia, like yes, the Middle East cutter, like Sharia law and, and the very strict Muslim laws. Like I get that at least. Like that's a cultural thing. Should they still like be banning the one love arm banning cutter? Absolutely not. Um it like, you know, like FIFA, MLS, you know, all the leagues, uh, NWSL say this game is for everybody. And that's so beyond true. And for, you know, Australia isn't a country with like Sharia law, right? Like it doesn't make sense, you know, to why it's being banned. Um, Didn't make sense. The Men's World Cup doesn't really make sense here. Um, Just, you know, any thoughts on, on any, any thoughts on that, Jamie?
0: Well, I was just just as you were speaking, I was thinking about it. And it's, I would say, First and foremost, why are these countries then allowed to host these major tournaments and allowed to get all this money from all this tourism when they're they're not being inclusive to everyone, particularly when the women's game, there is a large amount of people competing in it and on the field who are part of this community that are being affected. I think, sadly, the men's game were were able to be pushed away because there's very few, if any, players publicly out, whereas in the women's game, it's it's more of a celebration of that. So yeah as you said guitar in Australia I think the fact that they're they're hosting it and profiting from it but they themselves are like then what they're, like they're they're shadowing over these people being able to express themselves and yeah they're just they're having it their own way but they're not they're not celebrating the actual players it's all about them so I think I think mean, it does just get a bit ridiculous and again like I just yeah it's I don't see what what's the big fusses it seems seems unnecessary and harmful and not not the true reflection of the players and the community that they stand for.
1: Yeah, I think you you just hit it right there. I mean so so many of the greatest players in the world are part of this community, right? Marta, you know, Pernelle Harder, um so so many others that I just can't think of off the top of my head. Um players on the US women's national, Sam Kerr, I mean she's from Australia, right? Um I'm pretty sure Tamika Yallop is is married to a former Australian women's national team player and they have a child together so it's like yeah it should be a celebration and and for some reason you know FIFA is just so sticking up their nose and 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 not allowing it and it just it really just does not make sense um but yeah I mean it's something to something to look out for I'm sure the players are going to speak out about it um I, I, you know, I would be surprised if they even wore the inclusion armband just to like maybe even protest like it's a still a good message don't get me wrong like inclusion for all, but like to protest the fact that there is no one love armband. Um, We'll we'll see what happens but right, we're gonna we're gonna get into the nitty gritty with our teams now. Um. Jamie, of course, is from England, I am from the United States, so we are going to talk about um, some, you know, positives, some negatives um, going around, but we will start with the recent Euro champions, uh, the the Lionesses of England. Go ahead, Jamie.
0: Yeah, so there's, there's a number of not, uh, question marks heading into this tournament as to whether England can go all the way, having, um, having just won the Euros, and the main the main talking point when it comes to how Serena Vigneron will lay the team out, I think, is up front because traditionally it's been a one striker system and Ellen White dominated that position for many years and rightly so, like a legendary striker from this country. But now uh, it comes to either Rachel Daly or Alessia Russo. Russo having just today uh, finally confirmed that that move to Arsenal, which great to see uh, as an Arsenal fan. Good to get a one of the best strikers in the league on your side. But I think, yeah, it's a real battle. Daily, the the WSL top goalscorer from last season versus Russo, who had such an impact primarily off the bench in in the Euro. So, I I personally, as I think a number of others have said, that Daly has has warranted the start not just because of her ability throughout the years to be versatile and stick it out on positions she may not want to play. We've seen her whether it's in the NWSL with Houston or in England play right back, left backs, midfield, up front. She plays everywhere because she has she has such a talent. So I I think I personally, yeah, would lean towards Rachel Daly there. And then another another slight issue with players that have been selected is the ones that are missing when it comes to key injuries. I think not just England, but England have got um Leah Williamson and Beth Mead, the two Arsenal players missing. And then you look at Viviana Meadmarsh obviously not playing because of injury. Um, Delphine Cascarino's got the a- ACL injury that so many other players like the ones i just mentioned have been played with. So I think it's it's a shame that this tournament again isn't going to be the best of the best. There will be a few players missing because of this almost like ACL injuries plague plague in the plague in the women's game. And so yeah, the the two main omissions will be Leah Williams and the captain, and then Beth Mead the the breakout superstar of the last few years who has been the the main attacker for England. But I think it's particularly with Mead, I think there's the players there to replace her. So when you see Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly, the two Manchester City wingers, how well they work together on opposite flanks and how good they how good and dangerous they are going forward. I think we'll be able to survive without Mead. And then um when it comes to Williamson, that almost takes me into the next point is there's been questions of maybe a lack of experience. A lot of people thought Beegman might take Steph Houghton, although she's not played a whole lot recently. She is that experienced head at the back. And then when obviously when you lose Williamson, it made sense for her to come in. But then you do still have your Millie Bright, your Jordan Knobs, even Rachel Daly. There's a lot of players that are very experienced, Lucy Bronze as well. And even some of the younger ones like George Stanley and Kira Walsh who've played so many games still. Uh, I think I don't think personally that there is a lack of experience and then it does allow you to take players like Katie Robinson, Esme Morgan, who are in the earlier stages of their career and uh, waiting for that big opportunity to break in. So I think Morgan could be particularly interesting one, given the absence of Williamson. Um, we saw Alex Greenwood used as a centre-back and we have done that a number of times. We saw that against um, Portugal in the draw and I think she operates well there. She's... Um, She's able to play there or left back. She's a very diverse player. But, um, yeah, I think Esme Morgan could be a, a one to watch for England in this tournament as someone that play people outside of England may not know that much because she hasn't been a regular for Man City as such for that long. So, um, yeah, I think I think in general England's, just to wrap it up, England's chances are very strong. There's a reason why them and the US are two favourites to the bookies anyway. But um, I, I personally am not sure if England will win it. I think they'll... Uh, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they don't get to the final four as they did at the last World Cup. Obviously, um, they ended up fourth, losing the semifinal and then the third place match. So yeah, I think it may be not a lack of progress, but I'm not sure they'll they'll get to the final. But if they do, I would still see them losing to a team like the US.
1: Make it Spain, and then I agree with you. <laughs> um, yeah, so to to talk about the US, um, the roster was pretty much expected from, from what like Blacko has been doing the last couple of weeks, but you know, breaking it down position by position. I I just want to say, number one, I have no trust in Alyssa Nair right now. Um, Chicago has been really, really rough this season. And listen, I get it. Like it's not all on the goalkeeper, but there have certainly been times this year where, um, where, where she's misstepped, where, you know, she just stands there. The form isn't really quite up to par. Um, I don't really know what, what the situation with her is right now. Um, so listen her, her form just has not been good this year. Um, I get like the experience part, right? I totally get it, but at the same time, there's so many other um, experienced leaders on this team, and and I'm totally on the the train of give the keys to the young kids. I mean, the, the some of these quote unquote younger players like Lindsay Haran, uh, Rose Lavelle, Alex Morgan. I wouldn't even say is the younger player, but still, like those are the veterans. Crystal Dunn, right? Um, so I mean, just bringing in a listener doesn't really makes sense in regard to form, which, um, and I'll say this probably a few times here, but Vladko Andonovsky kept mentioning, well, form matters, form matters, form matters. Um, and yet he refused to call in me official, which made no sense because she just scores like crazy in Mexico. Um, but form matters, form matters. And then, you know, you call up players like Alyssa Nair. And then to my next point, Kelly O'Hara, who is basically made of breadsticks and always injured. And it doesn't make sense because she doesn't really play much. She's not very, um, she's not very consistent when she does play. Um, and it just, he straight up said, like, yeah, I'm bringing her for the experience. Well, there's so many other good, and this is where I say shame on um, Blacko and Donofsky for not expanding the, um, expanding the pool of players for, uh, for leading up to the world cup because there are so many injuries on defense like you want to talk about acls tierna davidson and then um and, and then oh who is it abby doll with the back injury you've got becky sauerbrunn now out probably going to miss what is what would have likely been her last world cup and it just it doesn't make sense to how you have all these injuries and like yeah Sauerbrunn is a little bit newer but like Crystal Dunn is still being played in a defensive position. She shouldn't be. She should be playing in an attacking position. You've got two um, key players, Dal Kemper and uh, Davidson, um, that have the injuries, right? It's like, how are you not expanding this pool knowing very well that like half of your defenders are injured? Um, and then to that point as well on expanding the player pool. Um, there are only two natural center backs on this roster, Naomi Gurma, um, and Alana Cook. And it just really it, it doesn't make sense to how the pool hasn't been expanded on on the defensive side. Um, you still have Crystal Dunn, a a, a attacking player for her club team, playing at left back. Um, you could slot Julie Ertz into that. Uh, center back spot like she was in 2015 but I'm gonna say it I don't trust her she hasn't played much uh she had every opportunity to come back last year. She could have, she had every opportunity to start the season on time. Um, She's missed some games to do some promo things. And it's like, it's a world cup year. And I don't understand how we're bringing in players that don't really play that much Um, because everyone wants to say, well, the national team is so much different than your club team. And yeah, of course there is some truth to that, but also, I mean, if you're not playing and you're not 90 minutes fit and you're not like consistently playing 90 minutes and getting those competitions then to me I mean you're you're not really much use um I don't really know I, I like Savannah DeMello's inclusion um I, I'm curious to if she'll actually play or if this will be like another situation when they brought um Joe Scally and Christian rolled on to the World Cup and they didn't play them um uh, but I hope for you know her sake she's been lighting up the league she's she very well Um, I think she won rookie of the year last year and she could very well win MVP this year um, for the way that she's playing for racing Louisville. Um, She should play. She should be in that midfield. She's probably going to get bumped a little bit because of Urch, which, which again is quite stupid, but you know, Blacko wants to have players um, who have known each other for a long time playing over players who are consistently um, playing with good form. Whatever doesn't make sense to me, but this is why I'm not the coach of the national team. And then to the last point, looking at the forward line, it's a young forward line. Um, Alyssa Thompson obviously highlights it being 18 years old. I don't think she's going to be a starter. I think it's going to be Alex Morgan, Sophia Smith, and Trinity Rodman. Um, and then you can sub in Rapino and sub in Thompson. I'm fine with that, but what I'm not fine with is the fact that Ashley Hatch got left. Oh, and Lynn Williams, too. Lynn Williams could very well start in a rotation of games because of the USA once again, having one of the easiest groups in the World Cup. Um but uh, i'm I'm pretty bummed. Ashley Hatch didn't make the roster. I think she handled it like a pro. she she had a nice statement on her Instagram. Um, And then she immediately scored for Washington uh, the weekend after the world cup was roster was named. So I'm bummed. She didn't make it. A lot of people say, well, she doesn't really cut it in a national team shirt, but for me, she's playing consistently and she has scored um, before she scored against uh, Australia when they played uh, there last year. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. I, I personally think, players who are playing should go to the world cup and players who aren't playing should not go to the world cup. I know it's shocking, isn't it, Jamie? But like, I don't know. That's just my philosophy and the fact that Vladko kept screaming about how form matters and, You know, some of the choices on this roster show me that form actually does not matter um, to the head coach of the U.S. women's national team. So we'll see. I have them. I have them going deep into the semifinals, but then have them paired up with Spain in that match. And I'm just I'm too much on the Spain belief to to see the U.S. And I honestly I just want to see another team win. I mean, yeah, it would be cool to see the U.S. go three in a row. But at the same time, it wouldn't be because we're growing this sport. Um, they got it handed to them against England and Spain when they did a European trip. so. um, and, and that was even without Alexia Patelis. So I'm intrigued to see uh, I think that matchup's gonna happen no matter what Spain and the USA. Um so I mean, that's the game that I'll be waking up in an ungodly hour for. So that's pretty much all I have uh, on the u s. Jamie, do you have anything else to add, or do you want to move on here?
0: No, yeah, I'm happy to move on. The one, not a thing to add, but I'm interested, having watched uh, Trinity Rodman and um, Sophia Smith, how they've performed in the NWSL, I'm interested to see how that will translate to the national team. Obviously, as you mentioned, there's a number of older heads moving on now. Um, Carly Lloyd's already gone, and now, obviously, Rapino and Morgan are, are in their last year. So I'm fascinated to see, particularly someone like Sophia Smith, how she will perform um, I and if she'll really elevate herself to that elite elite level at, at the World Cup
1: yeah we'll have to see I mean it's it's coming up and yeah I think there's going to be a lot of rotation in the group stage for the US because they have one of the easier groups so we'll have to yeah. see uh, which players get minutes and which players get rotated and stuff like that um, but before we move on here, folks, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor at Athletic Greens. Their signature AG1 is perfect for daily nutrients and gut health support. AG1 solves two of the most Im- important health needs, the nutrients your body needs each day and the foundation of long term gut health. Uh, together, they fuel whole body health impacting everything from sleep, digestion, energy, mood, immunity to the health of your hair, skin, and nails. Uh follow the link in our show description today um, to get started on your AG1 journey uh, with Athletic Greens. So thank you to Athletic Greens. Um, and we'll be telling you also about our other sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC at the end of the show here. Um, but we moving on, we we have a couple fun um fun topics to get into. One thing that, you know, I was telling Jamie before we started is I'm a big fan of the underdogs. Um, and then also, you know, I enjoy watching the group stage to see um, players who aren't American and Jamie, we have a lot of first time teams coming to the world cup this year. Uh, Republic of Ireland, Panama, Haiti, um, Vietnam, Philippines. There's just in Portugal. There's, there's so many um, new teams coming to the world cup. So we're going to see, uh, a lot of new faces on the world stage. I'm um, from Africa. We've got Zambia making their first World Cup. So it's going to be a really fun tournament um, to see all these different teams showcase uh, new talent and and get some faces on the map here. Um, but so I'm a big underdog fan. If you ever see my March Madness bracket, you know that. Um, so first we're going to talk about um, some underdog teams that we have. um and jamie, Jamie, you do have one of those first time teams, but you also have a team that has a certain superstar coming back um to the World Cup. Why don't you tell us about your picks?
0: so yeah, the f- the first one is is Zambia, as you mentioned, um new to new to the stage, and haven't watched them at the Olympics uh, two years ago, although um they didn't progress past the group stage. I still just was pleasantly surprised by what i was seeing, I thought they were a very enjoyable side to watch and so with no real basis of it at all I'm saying that they'll finish second in that group behind Spain above Japan and Costa Rica which is quite an outlandish shout. but I think that's 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 my road prediction and I think obviously Zambia getting out of the groups alone would be a surprise I think to many people so that's why they're one of my underdogs and the other one is is underdog is a bit of a stretch for Norway given they've got, yeah, Ada Hegberg back in it, one of the best players in the world, Caroline Graham-Pampson, Guru Wright, and they've got uh, so many very, very good players. Those three I mentioned are the top 20, 30 in the world currently. So yeah, I think it's, it's rogue to form an underdog. But I think when I uh, say it, I think they will get, they could easily get to the final. um I think they'll have a have a very strong group stage. Um, run past a couple of teams, and then they'll continue to build steam, especially with Hegerberg. She's obviously shown what she can do for for Leon over the years. So I think yeah, they'll. I think they'll easily beat um, Switzerland and New Zealand and Philippines to top spot in that group. And then yeah, I think they'll they'll have the ability to to wrestle against those those so called big teams, the the Spains and the USA's when they cross paths with them. It wouldn't surprise me if they. If they can do a job, and um, I think that one of the best matches that best matchups of the tournament could be that quarterfinal that I have going up, which would be Norway against the US. I really think that could go all the way, and um, it wouldn't surprise me if Norway were to get past the US and then face up against Spain, another team who I think they are actually capable of beating. I think they do have um a good blend of um experience and youth, uh, another experienced heading the the Chelsea defender. So I do think, yeah, it's it's road to call them an underdog, but I think by underdog I mean that they could easily work their way all to the final. And who knows if if you want a team that could be a slight like outsider to win it all, Norway would definitely be my pick.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good shout for sure. I, I actually have them in the quarterfinals against the United States. So I think that would be a really tough task um, for Norway. But Zambia, yeah, man, they're so much fun to watch right now. Um, I'm excited to see them play in the World Cup. I, I'm always rooting for the for the newbies and the little guys. So hopefully uh, hopefully Zambia can make some noise in their group for sure. Um you know, I mentioned it at the at the start of the show, but I am a huge believer of this Haitian women's national team. They had such a really good um CONCACAF Women's Championship. They had a really good um qualification to that tournament and then they went into the playoff matches um and just absolutely demolished and and so CONCACAF really showed up in, in that tournament because Panama, there were three spots up for grabs with 11 teams and Panama and Haiti took two of those spots. So I'm just really impressed with the fight from CONCACAF. And it's really exciting um, for this region to have um, six teams going to the World Cup Um it's just it shows the growth of the region, even with all of the stuff going on with the federations that we talked about. Um, but there's so many good young attackers, um, and and their midfield is just stacked. Um, I'm in. I'm gonna be intrigued to see how their defense does. Uh, Kethna Lewis, um, Chelsea Surpres are definitely the leaders on that defense. In um, goal, I think Curly uh, Thice is going to be starting but I could be wrong about that. There's not too much professional experience um, in the goalkeeper ranks, but they have a lot of players in their midfield and in their attacking playing in France. Um, the names you're going to want to keep an eye out for Melchi Dumarin, and she plays for rhymes. Um, I'm probably saying all these names wrong. So forgive me. Um, we've got also Shirley Judy who plays, um, for Grenoble. She has four goals in 17 matches. She's really going to be the the command in that midfield. Um, and then also on the attack, man, Rose Lord Borgella is just amazing. She has 20 goals in 25 matches for this Haitian team. Um, back that up with, um, Bacheba Lewis, who has, um, 23 goals and 16 caps. And then Narela Mondeser, I think is how you say her name. Um, and she has 18 goals and 16 caps. So this whole attack is just like, I, I mean, it's just lethal, right? The, all of their attackers, except for one play in France, um, in the top league. And then they have um Joseph playing in uh, Russia with Zenit St. Petersburg. Um, but there's there's a lot of really good French experience on this team. And then you want to talk about um, players playing together. I mean, a majority of the midfield, right? There's seven midfielders on this preliminary roster. They have to cut two two players. They had a roster of 25, um, but three of the players in the midfield play for Grenoble. Um, so a lot of uh, Montpellier, um, Issy, and then... Um, looks like we have a couple of Nance and Rhymes players as well. So there's a lot of, they're very familiar with each other, right? Um, So I'm excited to see how Haiti does. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to have a bold pick here, Jamie. Um, I'm sorry to all of our uh, Australian listeners and Australian friends, but um, so the way I had the bracket going, um, so 1B, plate faces 2D. And so I have that being Australia versus Haiti. And I'm going to say Haiti gets the upset. Um, you know, World Cup teams at home, there's so much pressure on them. Um sadly, I don't think New Zealand gets out of their group, although they do have a decently favorable group. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Australia to deliver. And I think if Haiti can, you know, if the if the situation does happen, um, I think if Haiti can contain um sam kerr and then you know get their attack going and not just sit back and play defensive i think they can win win this game so haiti is definitely my team to watch i'm such a believer in them they're so much fun they're such a young team um and i'm looking forward to seeing uh what they do at the world cup but um yeah so then we have players to watch um in in the tournament as well um Jamie you have a couple from your picks and then I have a couple um, from my picks so why don't you tell us about the uh, the players to watch I'm a little intrigued by your U.S. pick
0: yeah so I've put a few so I won't go on too much about any of them because we could be here for a while but um, so I actually little plug I did an article for last word on football of my players to watch for the whole tournament I think there was nine in total and I've picked half of them or so to, to speak about now first one as an Arsenal fan have gone Freedom Arnhem. I mentioned earlier my belief I have in this Norway side. And I think whilst rightly so, a lot of the headlines will be to do with Ada Hegerberg coming back into the fold for the World Cup after missing out four years ago. Um, Freedom Arnhem was so important for Arsenal this season. I know obviously it wasn't a perfect season in the league anyway. They obviously um got to a Champions League semi-final and were knocked out by Wolfsburg, but um she she was just so in- in- integral, particularly when Beth Mead and Viviana Meadmark go out with their ACL injuries. We need players to step up and she was one of them. Uh she led the team in goals with nine, got six uh four assists, sorry, only better by Caitlin Ford, who had six. So she was keeping herself in very good company and yeah, was a key player for Arsenal. And uh, I'll go on to the the USA one next. Um, Christy Mears, which um I, I can see why it raises eyebrows, but it's a person it's not a personal one for me, but it's one where um She's she's had like some rotten luck. She's not been able to go to previous World Cups for, for through injuries and other reasons, despite having been around for a number of years now. She's this will actually be her first World Cup. So I just think from like a from a storyline point of view, it'd be interesting to see how she does when she finally gets that first World Cup. And then the next two were based off of the Olympics. Um Zambia first, um, Barbara Bander, their young striker, who I just thought was sensational in the Olympics. As I said, despite the fact they went out in the group, she scored six goals, which I just thought was remarkable. And she's still young, she's still just 23. So I'll, I'll be really interested to see how she does, again, on a big stage. Uh, plays a club football in China. And I think, um, oh, no disrespect to the Chinese League, but this could really be a chance for her to put herself in the shop window. And I think if she, I'm not saying she'll score six goals in the group again, but if she can, um, score a few goals, it wouldn't surprise me if, if a European club or one of the NWSL teams comes knocking and um, looking at her. And Then the other one is um, Julia Grosso who um, off the back of that Olympic campaign obviously saw Canada win gold, got her moved to Juventus in Italy and I can't claim to have been watching much of Juventus. So I think it's just another one where I'm excited to watch a player who I've seen bits of and really enjoyed watching so it'll be good to now get to see her more regularly I don't know how how much of a how big of a starter she'll be for Canada but any chance to see her will be great and then the final one um is Khadija Shaw I think she's easily one of the best strikers in the world at the moment um done so well in the WSL uh second I believe to Rachel Daly in the scoring charts last season um you no know, she's just she's just so impressive in front of goal um she can do pretty much everything I think yeah I think she's just such a, a special talent um We've seen it with Man City and with all that they've done in recent years. But to now see it on an international stage will be very different. Um, Obviously, as we mentioned before, the Jamaica team have gone through a lot of issues off the field. So I just hope she can be that spearhead for them on the field that um, allows them to deliver and play their best game and not let the issues affect them. So, yeah, she's such a special player. So I think as my last one, Khadija Shaw will just be just be a joy to watch in the World Cup.
1: Man, I love Bunny Shaw. She is just so awesome. Um I've never been happier for a player to go to Europe because I think I think Europe is where where she needs to be. And and she's just, she lights it up over there. And she's the the present, she's the future um, for the Jamaican women's national team. Because I think she's only, let's see, she is, I want to say she's younger than me. She was born in 1997, so she's a year younger than me. She still has a couple more World Cups um, under her belt, I, I, I think, in the near future. Um, so that's a great pick. Um, I appreciate the explanation on Christy Mewis. I, I, I can understand your selection now. Um, so my players to watch, I went with Ramona Bachman. I think that she's going to really lead the Switzerland team. Um, I, I don't have them advancing far because if they... If they play second in um, Group A, which is what I see them doing behind Norway, they have to play Spain, um, and I don't think that's going to be an easy task for them, but as she knows how to score goals, She um, she's a leader on this team, and so I think while, you know, all of the attention is going to go on other forwards, I think she's going to be left open um, and able to, you know, put a couple in the back of the net. I'm a big fan of this player in particular, but honestly, one another... Um, upset I have is Nigeria going second in their group over Canada. Um, I don't know if it's just because we're CONCACAF rivals or or what it is, but I have them besting. I have Nigeria besting, um, canada and i think uchenna kanu is going to be a big reason for that she was so good um in front of net with tigris and she's really finding her footing with racing louisville now um she's a player that i really believe in that i've i've enjoyed talking to and covering and i just want to see her do well so that's why i put her down on on my players to watch um this nigerian team is really exciting um and you know hopefully they, hopefully they do well and they can shove it down their federation's throat um, it might not be an underdog, but Alexia Puteles, uh, Spain coming off of an ACL. She recently, um, Spain just had one, a match a few weeks ago. She scored an absolute worldie. So clearly she's showing that the ACL hasn't slowed her down too much. Um, and she's going to really help lead this attack um, for, for Spain. And I think also another player to look at for Spain is going to be Jenny Hermoso because of how she She had, like, 18, maybe 17 goals um, this year in Liga MX Femenil with Pachuca, and the only reason she lost the Golden Boot was because um, her teammate, Charlon Corral, scored uh, 20 goals. So... Pour one out for the fact that we don't have Mexico in this World Cup. It stinks, but I'm also very happy with the CONCACAF teams that we do have. Um, And then again, I'm not going to talk about her too much, but Rose Lord Borgella um, from Haiti. She had 12 goals in the um, qualification tournaments in CONCACAF. She scored twice against Senegal in the FIFA World Cup playoff match. Um, to get them to this point so they're really going to rely on her defenses are going to have to keep an eye on uh, Rose Lord but then when they do they're opening up um, a lot of different options around her so I I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a fun tournament to watch a lot of these younger players Um, and and we're just going to have to we're going to have to see who uh, who goes for that golden boot right so with that said we are going to move to the round table And we are going to talk about some of these awards. So we have Golden Boot, Player of the Tournament, Goalkeeper of the Tournament, Coach of the Tournament. And then, of course, last but not least, who will win the FIFA Women's World Cup? Um, In addition to that, Jamie, I want to know who you think is going to make the final because I think your jaw is going to drop whenever you hear my final. Um, So, but first, Golden Boot, who do you think gets it?
0: So in spite of your claims that you don't think... Australia will uh, get past Haiti. Um, I think I've got them going to the quarters, maybe to the semis. And I just think because of the group stage and how elite a finisher she is, I find it hard to look past Samka. I think there are a number of players that that could do it. But if you told me she finishes a group of four or five goals, gets a trick against Ireland, maybe that wouldn't surprise me at all. And I think, um, I think it was six goals for which Ellen White. Alex Morgan and Megan Rapinoe shared it for four years ago. So, yeah, I would say Sam Kerr is going to be my pick because if she gets seven or eight, even having played five games, I wouldn't be surprised at all.
1: I'm going to pick Alexia Putellas. I know it's such an obvious pick, but I'm going to pick her. I mean, I am going to cry profusely, though, if she gets three or four goals against my Tikas. Dang it, why do Costa Rica keep getting the, the hard groups? They got it in the Men's World Cup last year. They're getting it in the Women's World Cup this year. Just go go easy on my Tikas is all I ask for. Um, but then also against Zambia, there's really not too much to say about Zambia. We don't know a lot about them. So I can't really say too, too much, but I think she could get a goal or two against Zambia. Um, but I I don't know about this Japan team. They're kind of a wild card um, because of how young and it, um you know the rotation that they have through this new Japanese team so we'll have to see but I think Alexia Patelis gets a couple goals in the group stage um okay so we've got next um player of the tournament who do you think wins player of the tournament
0: sadly I think it's a case where obviously it's the teams that get to latter stages realistically if you don't get to the semi-final it's unlikely that a player from your team is going to get this award. So I was thinking not to give away who I think is going to win, but someone that's going to get to the latter stages would be France. I'm thinking maybe um Katie Diani. I just think when you look at Delphine Cascarino out with the ACL, um no Sandy Baltimore either, I just think that maybe she will have more responsibility on her shoulders going forward. She's still got quite a few of the experienced heads around but I just think Diani's such a talented player that it will be her. And then if not, I put down a second name of Roosevelt just because I think she's a joy to watch. Still remember that goal in the final four years ago so well. So Roosevelt, but my main shout will be Diani from France. Well, we're
1: gonna have to definitely talk, Jamie, because I, according to the bracket that I have over here, I have France losing in the round of sixteen. So we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to compare notes here. Um, but my player of the tournament. I'm going to go with Jenny Hermoso um, for Spain. I think that even if she doesn't score a lot of goals, the connection between her and Puteles is is pretty much, I mean, signed, sealed, and delivered. Everybody knows it. Um, and just with the way, like, I compare it to the way she played in Liga MX Femenil with um, Cherilyn Corral this past year. When Jenny Hermoso wasn't scoring, she was assisting goals um, for Corral. So I can see her doing the same thing with um, Alexia Puteles. So, Lots of lots of Spain here on my list, uh, Jamie. What about goalkeeper of the tournament? And don't you dare say nay here.
0: <laughs> I definitely wasn't thinking that. I'm thinking rightly so from the English press. Mary Oaks has had so much praise um, put on her shoulders in, in the last year or so. I think if a few years ago you said Mary Epps would being England's number one, a lot of people would be shocked because she was getting older and she wasn't really getting the chances and then, a certain youngster at Man City in the name of Ellie Roebuck popped up, and it seemed as if she was going to be the choice for the next decade or so. But fair play to Marriott, she stuck with it, and now um, for the last year or so, yeah, she's been unstoppable for both club and country. So I think you'd like thinking, and we'll get into the latter stages. And I think as she's done so many times, Marriott to win games on her own and pick up once on her own just some her excellent, um, excellent shot stop. And see, so yeah, I'm gonna gonna have to be biased and give one to England in the form of Epps.
1: fair enough fair enough she is an amazing goalkeeper so I totally get the selection um I'm gonna go with Barbara from Brazil um not to give too much away but definitely in my final four um I I just think she's a standout keeper and and her experience is definitely going to shine through um coach of the tournament I there's so many good ones to pick from
0: it's uh not to give anything away again, but I'm going to France again. Um, I was before the podcast, I was frantically trying to work out and look up how to pronounce his name, and I've got to be very French with it. But I believe it's like Hervé Le is like the the French way of saying it. And I want to want to honor him. Apologies if that was awful, but um, he he done well, over a tube, in fact, over a tube, in fact with uh Morocco and Saudi Arabia, the men's team. So I think um there were a lot of previous issues off the field with um, the previous manager. That was, I think, another federation we didn't mention. There was issues with the manager and the players and players not wanting to play under at all. But um, And seeing the likes of Amandie Henry left out of squads because of it. But um, now that Renard's here, um, uh, he's done done a good job previously with less nations with no displacement in the men's game. So now to see him with one of the best countries in the world, I think, think he'll do the job for france and be the coach of the year.
1: um i think that's a really good shout and also i mean how could you not love him after after what he did with um saudi arabia and the men's world cup last year and then you know for him to swoop in during france's time of need and and to really listen and, and respect and help these players is is definitely a great story and would be very well deserved um not shocking at all. This is a French name, but it is not the French coach I'm gonna go with. My French is going to be worse than yours, Jamie. I promise you. um Nicolas delapine. um he is the head coach of Take a wild guess. Jamie. Who do you think?
0: Haiti? Hey,
1: yes, sir. Haiti hey, and. um, um <laughs> I'm gonna ride this train, dude. I'm gonna ride it. I think if they make it to the quarterfinals, I think he has to be a consideration um for what he's done for this team for sure um and then all right we we tried so hard not to spoil it I promise Haiti is not in my final um but but give us your final and I'm going to be sitting here with um total calmness as you read this
0: well I I just I, I'm so confused that you have in France going out in the round of 16 I was trying to work out who they. I haven't been South Korea but they could play Morocco or Colombia and I just Baffled by baffled by your decision here, but I'm willing to listen to you. I've been playing. I've have...
1: been playing Germany from from one H.
0: Oh, you don't have France winning the group. Oh, that's. I do not.
1: No, I'm sorry. Brazil, I have them. There. I have them second behind. Who do I have? Brazil. Brazil. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, but no, I think, I think France are going to do it. As I mentioned, there's a couple of important players missing, but I still think. They're just, they're just such a good side. And um, as I have it, um, although I want wanted to be very bold and say Norway would get to the final, and because I had them as my underdogs, I actually had Norway going out in the quarterfinals to the team that will make it to the final, and that's the US. I think despite um, issues and selection choices that you maybe weren't too impressed with, I still just think they are the US. They are one of the best teams in the world. They've got quality all over the pitch. So I think, yeah. France will beat U.S. in the finals, my prediction.
1: Okay. (laughs) I need you to hear me out here, bud, all right? I'm going to go with a completely crazy – I mean, I don't even know how too crazy this is. I'm going with my final four being on the top side of the bracket, USA-Spain brazil and england and i'm so sorry jamie i'm gonna break your heart here but i'm going spain and brazil in the final with spain winning uh,
0: although i, I also have, be mad i have not going out in the semis as well so that's, that's acceptable
1: I, <laughs> I would not be mad if brazil won marta actually um it's funny it's a good thing we recorded this on a, on a wednesday afternoon because marta just told um reuters uh, well, told Brasilia and then through Reuters um, that this is indeed going to be her last World Cup. She can make history. Um, She did it in, well, really, I guess I should say extend history. In 2019, she was the first woman or really first player to score in a five consecutive World Cups, whether it be a men's World Cup or a women's World Cup. So she can extend that to six World Cups um here this this summer in Australia and I, I think she'll be able to do it in her group um at some point and if not definitely in the uh in the knockout stages but would not be upset to see Marta uh finally get her world cup but also um yeah I just think Spain is Spain is too good to beat right now um but I really oh, man I hope I hope that's the world cup final that would be awesome but but France yeah I mean that that is a tough group I was sitting here for a while debating about um, putting, uh, France or Brazil. I just, the only reason I picked, uh, Brazil over France is I think there's too many injuries for France right now to, um, to combat. I think that game is going to be really, really close. If anything, it could end in a tie and then come down to goal differential um against the other two sides being uh Jamaica and Panama which i know it's confusing to have two concacaf teams playing in the same group but because there are six teams um they just you know they they said like okay that's fine there has to be one group with with two concacaf teams uh if it comes down to it so um hopefully concacaf has respectable showing um and doesn't allow too many goals and maybe scores a, gore, a goal or two um over france uh or brazil but i still think you know the top two it's going to come down to brazil and france and just it, it could depend on gold differential we'll we'll have to see um but jamie that's pretty much it for our show we're going to move on to last words. so why don't you uh tell the nice people uh your your twitter handle um and then any any final thoughts you have
0: so yeah my my twitter at is rookie jnr13 as i mentioned i've done a players to watch. I did a betting odds piece about um winners in golden boots and I'll probably have one or two more articles out before the tournament starts, preview and sort of things. So yeah, and then just um I just I just hope that this tournament is another another uh, jumping pad for the women's game as four years ago was. I think if people get into this tournament then they will Watch their various leagues, whether it's the WSL or the NWL. Although the obvious issue is the starting times, which just looking at some of them, it's very worrying. Having to think about you either miss games or you're not getting any sleep because for me, anyway there's games at 2 a.m., 4 a.m., and I'm sure it's just as bad for you as well. But um, but yeah that's it. Um, also on the uh, on the MLS side of things, uh, should have a should be doing an interview in the next week or two of a New England Revolution player again. So looking forward to that so keep your eyes peeled for that and any women's world cup content coming
1: good stuff jamie um hopefully we're going to be compiling um some picks from our writers here at last word on soccer so it's not just me and jamie so far it is just me and jamie but we will see hopefully we get um, some more some more picks from others on uh, on the FIFA Women's World Cup, but you can find me on Twitter at Rachel Kruger. Um I'm going to be covering the World Cup primarily with um, with with equalizer soccer. I've got a piece coming out shortly discussing all of these. Um, you know, quote unquote, little guys in CONCACAF. I'm going to be writing about Haiti, Jamaica, uh, Panama, and of course, um, Costa Rica as well. My beloved Ticas. Um, sad to say Shirley Cruz will not be competing in the World Cup. She was not named to Amelia Valverde's um, roster. So for my last words, I just want to give a tribute to uh shirley cruz just one of my ultimate favorite players really really made me fall in love with costa rican soccer and um yeah she's just a great player she's an awesome person um very active on her social media. We've tweeted back and forth a couple of times. You know, she's been nothing but gracious. And yeah, I just really, really enjoyed watching her play. And I'm going to miss watching her play for sure. She is retired from international football. I'm not really sure about club, um, but there's really no way for me to watch the club since she plays for uh, Liga Deportiva Alajuense down in Costa Rica. So yeah, just a big shout out to Shirley Cruz um, for, for really making me and a lot of other people um, notice and, and maybe fall in love with Costa Rican women's soccer. So, um, gracias por todo, Shirley Cruz. Um, it's, it's been a heck of a ride and go Costa Rica. I really hope they do well in the world cup. They could surprise you never know. Um, But before we go, I want to thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, US Soccer, and also Jamie Rook. They have NWSL scarves now. So don't forget, go get your custom scarves for your group or team today at roughneckscarves.com. And then, of course, folks, if you're tired of looking for, uh, tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas, um, and you're looking for a uniquely um custom kit for your your youth club, your Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team. Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price with the motto any design you want. Seriously, let them help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com. Listeners, be sure to check out our site backslash soccer Um don't forget to follow Jamie and I on Twitter and of course um like subscribe all kinds of stuff to share the podcast um tell your friends and you know listeners we will definitely see you next time to talk about women's world cup we'll be checking in um during the tournament and also we'll be around to chat gold cup and mls and nwsl stuff as well listeners have a good one